take this to heart, right? You know, we wanna we wanna look at track record. It is an indicator of our confidence level and going forward to people, right? We want people to have a strong track record, a good a good track record. And so but we can't become overly reliant just on that track record because things change. It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there, but how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. If you're an investor, especially in private deals, this is a statement that you heard many, many times. And while it might not be a guarantee, many private investors put a lot of emphasis on past performance to guide their investment choices, myself included. But how much weight should this one metric hold? Well, today, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is the Two Smart Assets Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols. We got a fun episode for you today. But before we dive into that, we've recently put out a resource that I think you will find valuable. We all know the best learning lessons come from our mistakes, but what's even better is to learn those lessons from other people's mistakes. So in our latest video series, I share some of those mistakes that I've made as a real estate investor and how you can avoid falling into the same traps. So to learn how to avoid these mistakes and save yourself time and money, go to upstreaminvestor.com forward slash mistake to find our latest video series. Once again, that's upstreaminvestor.com forward slash mistake. All right. So recently I read an interesting report from the folks over at PitchBook. Um, the aim of their research was to see if there was a a correlation between a GP's previous fund performance and that of the same GP's subsequent fund performance, whether that be positive or negative. So basically, was their past performance a good indicator of future results? And as someone who invests heavily on the LP side as a passive investor, this is this report definitely caught my attention. And knowing uh, you know many of you invest on the LP side as well, I figured this would be an interesting topic to hit on. So we're going to broadly cover the takeaways from their report. But before we do that, let's talk about this statement in general. Past performance is not a guarantee uh, of future results. And so why would we see this statement all over uh, investment information? Why would a GP team make this statement? Well, really, uh, it's mainly because it's a CYA for the GP, right? A legal disclaimer, if you will. And for those new to this type of investing, one of the things that your eye is immediately drawn to when you look at, say, a slide deck or you listen to a webinar is the returns projections information. You want to know how much you know, what returns you're going to get on your money in this investment and how long it's going to take you to get those, right? Uh, but the thing to keep in mind is despite the GP's best efforts for accuracy, these projections are just estimates, you know? And at the end of five years or however long the investment hold period may be, those projections could be much different than the actual returns. The projections could have been low, they could have been high, they could have been spot on. The point is, is, you know, if a GP uh, team started making um guarantees on their investors' returns, you could end up some hot water if you didn't hit those guarantees, right? And so I think we all know that despite, you know, best intentions, uh, you know, having a five-year forecast, I mean, it's, it's just not, it's not reasonable, right? But we do want um, 
the projection is to be as accurate as possible, but it's, you know, in life and investing, there are only a few guarantees. And when it comes to investing, especially over a five to 10 year time period, uh, it's just too much unpredictability, right? You know, even if you're intimately familiar with a certain niche or you underwrite with plenty of room for error or do everything in your power to mitigate risk, uh, it's still not going to ensure everything goes planned over five to 10 years. I mean, doing those things is critical. Don't get me wrong. You want to mitigate risk as much as possible, but we don't even know what's going to happen, you know, in the next month, next week, right? For example, we just rolled into the new year and, uh, you know, many of us have established, you know, all sorts of goals, personal business investing for the next 12 months, but we all know how quickly plans can go out the window. Case in point, uh, let's say you rewind back to 2019, right? And you've got your goals set up for 2020 and you're good to go and you're pumped up, right? And then the pandemic hits, you know, starts crushing businesses, people getting laid off, market tanks. So in general, just based off the recent past, we know the unexpected can happen at any time. And that's the risk we take as investors. So this is exactly why a GP team is not going to tell you like, hey, we guarantee returns because it just doesn't make any sense, right? And it's dangerous to do so. Uh, and if, if you do see a GP team shouting about guaranteed returns, you know, proceed with extreme caution because uh, something's not right. So that's why a GP team would make the statement, past performance is not a guarantee of future results. It's a CYA. But what does the research say about past performance being a good indicator? Not a guarantee, but a good indicator of future results. So going back to this report uh, that found by the folks at PitchBook, um, you know, it really covered four, four areas, right? So private equity, real estate, venture capital, and fund of funds, respectively. And this is a great report. I highly recommend checking it out. A lot of great information uh, about how they put this together. And, um, you know, I highly, again, highly recommend checking that out. But I'm not going to cover all the details here today. It's just too much. Uh, but I do want to hit on the summary of their findings. And after putting everything together, they, in fact, concluded there was a performance uh, correlation from fund to fund within a respective niche uh, when speaking about top performers, particularly when it came to real estate and venture capital. So this is something we want to know as real estate investors. We focus on real estate. And so this is good to know. However, even though the correlation uh, existed, it was not a perfect indicator about the performance of a GP subsequent fund. In fact, their findings suggested that an LP uh, picking from a group of top performing GPs would only have about a, a 35 to 45% chance of selecting a GP whose next fund would also be a top performer. So put in another way, it's just tough to pick the best opportunities solely uh, from past performance. And I think we kind of knew this already, right? But it's good to hear this from the from the research. Um, now, there was another interesting thing uh, in this report, but it was on the other end of performance spectrum, of the performance spectrum. So as we just went over, you know, there was a slight performance correlation for the top performers, but their research also showed that there was a much greater correlation for the poor performers. So in other words, poor track records were seen to carry through to subsequent funds respectively. So, you know, this is bad news for poor performers, right? But as LPs, this is stuff we want to know. And uh, the folks at PitchBook go on to state that GPs with uh, poor track records should have good explanations and a clear roadmap for delivering future results. And could not agree more with this. This is exactly why it's important to ask questions as as passive investors engage your confidence level with that GP's team responses, right? Especially if they face challenges and struggled in the past. Uh, we want to we want to hear what you know their future guidance is and what they're going to do and how they're going to you know fix issues that they've had. Um, 
And so, you know, despite there being varying correlations between top performers and bottom performers, my overall takeaway is that a GP's past performance shouldn't be the only consideration when looking to place capital or to invest in a deal, right? And I think, you know, this is inherently, we knew this, right? But it's a good reminder that, you, you know, there are a number of other areas that need to be covered when performing due diligence on GPs and their deals. You can't just look at, 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 at past performance and, you know, kind of wrap this thing up and bring this thing uh, to a head, you know, I'll quote the following statement from uh, from this report. It said that uh, LPs should avoid being overly reliant on past performance when selecting managers and instead focus on their assessment of the broader investment thesis and whether the manager has the right processes and personnel to execute this thesis. And this is spot on, folks. I completely agree with this assessment and I hope, you know, uh, all of us as LP investors, Take this to heart, right? You know, we wanna we wanna look at track record. It is an indicator of our confidence level and going forward, to people, right? We want people to have a strong track record, a good a good track record, and so. But we can't become overly reliant just on that track record because things change, economies change, markets change, uh, fundamentals change, right? And so, if you're just blindly following along with uh, a GP team because you've invested with them in the past and you've had good success. Um, it's not a good idea to just do that without looking at the deal itself or assessing what's happening in the economy or the market, all these things, or their fundamentals, the underwriting and all that stuff. You need to be looking at a wide variety of things, not just the track record, even though we do like a, a solid track record, right? So um, that's kind of the findings of the summary of the report that we took away, but it's a good reminder. You know, We got to be looking at a lot of things, not just track record. So if you have any good insights or information to add on to this topic, uh, please drop me a line at upstreaminvestor.com uh, forward slash contact. There's a box there. You can submit uh, some comments and all that stuff. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, leave me know in the comments section. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear kind of your input on this and what you're thinking about it. But again, just a good reminder. Um, track record's important but we need to focus on a lot of things so that's all we have for today folks as always i appreciate you tuning in and we will see you on the next one hey real quick before we get out of here do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review for the podcast we're always looking to bring you guys the best insights and strategies for building our real estate portfolios and your ratings and reviews really help with getting top guest speakers that are the best in the real estate investing business i promise this will only take you a few seconds and i really appreciate it Thanks for being awesome, guys. Cheers.